Hi, my name is Jan Wilczek. Welcome to Wolf Talk, the first ever podcast about audio programming. In this podcast, you will learn how to build your career in programming or research related to audio, meet programmers and researchers from all around the world, and learn about the intricacies of sound. The first session will serve as an introduction. When I browse through the forums all around the internet, I can see this question popping up over and over again. How do I get started with audio programming? What do I do to change sound with code? Well, I think one of the ways to answer this question was to share my path, how I got started with audio programming. And in this episode, I will try to tell you the story of how I got started in this uh, audio programming business. The first thing that I want to say is that throughout my education in ground school, middle school, and then high school, I always had very good teachers and especially good teachers were in mathematics. I had the pleasure of working with uh, one of the brightest minds of the area that I was living in and I could learn not only from from great teachers but also from great students who are passionate about mathematics. And uh, this interest in, in mathematics actually led me to where I am today. But it wasn't only this. In like already in my early years, I had a very strong interest in music. I was playing the piano since I was six years old. And then in uh, high school, I started to learn playing the electric guitar. And especially in high school, I was very involved in music creation. There I was playing keyboards in a, in a rock band and I was also actively composing my own music. Actually, I was composing music from 2012, so even before high school. And I was, uh, I started to be interested in this process of how to mix music, how to make music sound um, as it sounds on CDs or on the radio. And I discovered the concept of a digital audio workstation where you can put different recordings and mix them together and ultimately obtain, obtain music. Also in 2012, I started my first compositions, which ended on uh, my music album, which was released in 2020, which is called The Fire Will Rise. But this is not the topic of this episode. So I was, let's say, good in, uh, good at mathematics. And I also enjoyed music a lot. And uh, I learned about this possibility to study in uh, Krakow, Poland, what is called acoustic engineering. So maybe on a quick note, I was born in 1996 in uh, Poland and I lived uh, all my life until I, I left for the university in, in Katowice. And um, for the university, I left to 
left for Krakow. And Krakow is not far from Katowice, it's around 80 kilometers in Poland. And there is a great place to study uh, acoustics. And I started studying their acoustic engineering uh, because primarily I wanted to combine music with uh, mathematics. And uh, also because I knew that uh, they had some courses on sound engineering. So exactly how to mix uh, music. And it was a, a very interesting uh, study program and uh, it definitely shaped a lot of my future career. So I started there in 2015 and what is important to know about this course is that uh, it involves uh, courses from different areas and one of the courses was uh, signal processing, the follow-up was uh, digital signal processing and apart from that, we also had courses on programming. And these were, I believe, the most important uh, subjects that are necessary to uh, talk about doing audio programming. And what it concerns the programming itself, I already had programming in high school. And I must say, then in high school, I was really bad at it. And it is because there is something to programming that makes it uh, not so easily learnable. And by this, I mean more of this algorithmic side. So I have a problem, I want to solve it with code. Now, how do I go about this? When you have a mathematical task, mm, I don't want to oversimplify, but uh, in at school, it most often boils down to combining a few theorems that you know, a few formulas, and voila, you have the result or you have the proof. But in programming, it's not that easy. You need to mm, build the whole, a whole array of tools that you can use to actually solve problems. And uh, until you do that, there are some kinds of problems that are, will be very difficult to solve. And that was exactly my case back in high school. But also in high school, I learned the satisfaction that comes from overcoming problems related to programming. Also, of course, problems related to mathematics. But I mean especially hard problems that aren't straightforward and give you this taste of uh, satisfaction. But anyway, I thought that I was not a good programmer. And then I went to the university. And there it turned out that my programming skills, which I thought were quite poor, actually are enough to put me in a position of, let's say, top 10% of the students. And actually programming on the first year was a major issue for a quite significant number of students. Because, uh, well, it's not uh, very, it's not easy when you, when you're just starting out. So that was maybe something you can relate to. Maybe you also have troubles starting with programming, but uh, believe me, with enough practice and experience, you'll overcome these problems. Okay, but back to my acoustic engineering course. So after one year, after talking to uh, my friends there, we thought that, okay, we learned uh, something and something is uh, not very related to what we wanted to study because as you may realize, the first year 
uh, on an engineering program is typically quite general. Uh, like, what do we do? Like, do we continue studying this, uh, this program? And a few of my friends started studying computer science in parallel, but I was a little bit scared. I was scared that I won't uh, manage to uh, to do that, to combine two study programs. But I definitely wanted to learn programming more. So what I did, I tried to get an internship and I was uh, maybe too desperate, you would say, because I was uh, ready to work without being compensated for it. And this is not something I advise other to do. Fortunately, I uh, did not uh, end up in a position of a free internship, but uh, I believe that in the current market, you just uh, should be compensated if you're doing any kind of programming service, even, even as an intern. Uh, so basically, after one year, I realized uh, that I want to be a programmer because it would give me a job in the future, most probably. And uh, I also believe that being a music producer uh, is not something um, that would give me um, the, the degree of life stability that I wanted. And please don't get me wrong, you can still make a living being an audio programmer, an audio engineer, but it requires uh, a lot of work and a lot of dedication. I had the privilege of meeting one of the, mm, yeah, in my opinion, best music pro uh, sound engineers in the world, and they basically work 24-7 and to the point where they even cannot listen to music they like. They just are constantly involved in producing, uh, in, in, in making music for others. And uh, they still have uh, financial problems. So it's, I'm not saying it's not a career path not worth following. I'm just saying that at that point, I was sure that it wasn't a career path for me. And programming on the contrary. And exactly in February 2017, I started my first, let's say, serious internship. That internship turned full-time over summer of 2017. And in September 2017, it turned to a full job. So I basically got employed by the company. And this company was called Tecmo. It's based in Krakow. It's a, it, it is a spin-off of my university. And it's a company that does exactly audio programming. So its main uh, activity is the, in the field of speech. They have... Uh, speech recognition software and also text-to-speech services. But what I was doing, I was working on Sound Toolkit. And Sound Toolkit is a sound spatialization engine for computer games. So you may think of it as uh, you have a Unity project or an Unreal Engine project and you use Sound Toolkit to add a three-dimensional sound to it. If you want to uh, relate it to something, to like a similar product on the market. There is, for example, or there was uh, back then, 
something that is called Steam Audio, Steam Audio from Valve. And also, uh, I think the most popular software that deals with uh, audio in games is uh, WeWise. So we may think that it was uh, kind of uh, this type of software that deals exactly with uh, 3D sound. And working on this uh, project, I was able to learn from code and from my fellow programmers how to do audio programming. And it is something incredibly valuable because you get access to a whole code base which deals with audio. So you can see um, how it works. You can also see what kind of issues come up while you're developing it. I think a good alternative to this are the open source repositories. And right now I know there is uh, something called Surge Synthesizer and they have a quite active community around this. So if you're interested in looking at the code base and having a company-like experience, I think it's a great way to start. Other advantage of this job was that I could meet people from the game industry. And I was lucky enough to meet people from a major uh, game developer and also uh, learn about their mindset, their type of working. And uh, back then, something that uh, really made me not want to work for the game industry is the reality in which the game developers, because uh, allegedly they do something they like, um, they are forced to also to work 24-7 to a point where it leads to poor quality code and basically burnout. So I knew that uh, game or game programming is no, nothing that I would like to do personally, but audio programming started to be very interesting for me. And uh, during working at this company, I developed the belief that uh, this type of companies look for people who are specialized in a few areas. One of these areas is definitely programming itself which is the programming language, maybe specific frameworks, libraries, but also programming practices like design patterns. Other area of specialty is, uh, in this case, was sound. So uh, digital signal processing algorithms, how to process sound, how to change sound. And uh, this is an area which uh, gives a great field uh, to be an expert in because there is just so much to learn and uh, there is so much knowledge and expertise uh, necessary. So I somehow wanted to combine being an expert in sound processing, but at the same time an expert in programming to be able to come up with um, efficient algorithms and then being able to implement them so that they work in real time. That was quite ambitious, I know. But uh, at that time I thought that uh, what I need is some more expertise in the area of computer science. And it related uh, to um, lack of algorithmic knowledge. And it was a fact, I lacked uh, knowledge on, on algorithms and data structures. 
and also knowledge on um, the bare metal approach to programming, so how do pro uh, computers work. Because I believed uh, back then, and I do believe still now, that um, in order to write efficient code, you need to know how processors work, how computers work, because um, the most highly optimized code uses the knowledge of the platform it is running on. Uh, for example, when it comes to vector instructions. Okay, with this uh, mindset, I decided to start a computer science program at the same university that I was at in October 2017. And it is quite competitive uh, program, but I uh, already I, I could basically pass some courses with the grades that I obtained from acoustic engineering. And so at that time I had uh, I, I was doing two courses, two two programs at the same time, acoustic engineering and computer science. And I also had a part-time job at this company because I wanted to have this programming practice. And uh, this uh, was quite challenging, I must say, but uh, I was really uh, interested in everything I was doing. So it was a very interesting time for me and I really did enjoy this. And I must say that at the end of the day, when, uh, for example, at 5 p.m. I started, I was starting programming and then sat in the office until 8 p.m. Uh, this was uh, quite uh, pleasant. So programming itself is, uh, is quite, was quite pleasant for me and still, so uh, I know that I am able to do it uh, for many hours throughout one day and I still, still enjoy it and uh, find it uh, satisfying. Mm, so this led me uh, to complete the first year of this, let's say, two degrees, and then do a full-time job during summer of 2018. So this proved to be quite challenging to have two study programs and also a part-time job. So I decided to quit and um, go more into this area of uh, learning expert things related to audio because I saw that uh, as long as as long as I'm not an expert in audio the company won't give me responsible tasks related to audio so I wanted to be more knowledgeable in that field and then maybe return as a person who is highly highly desired in the industry because they combine the knowledge of programming and the knowledge of sound algorithms. So I wanted to focus specifically on learning. I wanted uh, to learn more about sound. I also knew that I'm going to write my bachelor thesis in the winter semester of 2018 uh, and 19. So I knew that it will be harder for me uh, to combine to study programs and a job. So yeah, in the in this winter semester of 2018-19, I started uh, working on my bachelor thesis. And my bachelor thesis was a sound synthesizer written in C++, which uh, was uh, which was integrated as a VST plugin using the Juice framework. And um, I 
say it in maybe in a weird way, but I had my synthesizer programmed in a way to be separate from the juice library. So I wanted basically to my, my code to compile without juice. And I can see that it was a very uh, good approach, very beneficial approach in that sense that after a few years, I, when I tried to compile uh, my synthesizer with a new version of juice, my library still compiled, but the juice uh, interface, let's say, so the plugin processor did not because of some breaking changes. And I found it really, really hilarious that uh, after this time, my library still compiles. So it was a, a good, a good choice in the design, in my opinion. But uh, you need to understand that I was really fascinated with synthesizers because, well, I was a keyboard player and I also loved bands like Dream Theater, Pink Floyd, Yes, when they, where they heavily used some synthesizers. And here, especially, I referred to Jordan Rudis, who is my keyboard hero, uh, since I learned about Dream Theater. So when I got to acoustic engineering, uh, uh, there was this great uh, professor who is called uh, Mark Pluta and uh, he's extremely knowledgeable about sound synthesis and sound uh, processing which is related to music. So he was the first person I turned to asking, okay, how can I learn about sound synthesis? Because sound synthesis is not a part of a bachelor's curriculum at acoustic engineering. And he recommended me uh, two books at that time. Two books, which was a computer music tutorial by Curtis Rhodes, and also Sound Synthesis and Sampling by Martin Russ. And I read both these books, and I got even more excited about synthesizers, because, well, there, there were presented algorithms on how to process sound, how to generate sound. And uh, with my C++ knowledge, I was uh, able to implement these algorithms. And wow, now my computer was capable of doing the same thing that uh, require expensive plugins that can be bought online. So I really wanted uh, to learn these techniques and learn via implementation. And so the idea of writing a synthesizer for my bachelor thesis was born. And the Juice framework was used because uh, it was the easiest way to integrate a code into a VST plugin. And I think even now it still remains uh, the easiest tool to integrate uh, your audio processing code with the external environment, but uh, please don't quote me on that because obviously I don't know every available audio and plugin framework out there. So yeah, I did my bachelor thesis and it was uh, quite a big success in my opinion. It was also praised by some awards at the faculty and uh, at a conference. But uh, with this in mind, I was already uh, convinced that I need to find a place where I could study uh, this more advanced audio algorithms. And I knew that I don't want to do room acoustics. I don't want to deal with vibration in the machines. And I don't want to be a sound engineer. I knew that I wanted to do audio processing with algorithms and code. So I wanted to find a master's program 
where I would learn specifically about uh, that. And at that time, I met another uh, great professor at the university, uh, which was called Konrad Kowalczyk. So basically, Konrad uh, employed me for one of his research projects, which was about uh, speech processing and in my with with uh, multiple microphones. And in my case, it was about so, uh, source separation. So how to separate the recordings of two speakers from a mixed recording from a so-called mixture. Uh, and this was my first uh, time in, in actual research where, where I had to read research papers and understand them, which was quite uh, difficult for me at that time. But it was uh, nevertheless an interesting project and uh, Konrad is a great person to work with and to learn from. And he basically uh, showed me this world of uh, various possibilities of studying and uh, two of the places he recommended was the Aalto University in Finland and uh, the Friedrich Alexander University, so the University of Erlangen-Nürnberg in Germany. And it turned out that in Erlangen, in Germany, it's the uh, home of MP3 actually, because the university cooperates very closely with the Fraunhofer Institute where the MP3 format was born. And both of these places, Altert and Erlangen, are heavily involved with uh, sound processing. And both of these places are hubs for different kinds of activity related with audio. There are several professors uh, that deal with audio there, and there are also uh, master's courses related to audio. Out of these, I end up being accepted to what is called uh, Advanced Signal Processing and Communications Engineering. It is a very long name, but it boils down to this Advanced Signal Processing, so signal processing with advanced methods and to the second part which is communications which i obviously did very little of because communications is not my primary interest and what asc enables you to do is to have very specialized courses and these courses uh, actually exceeded my expectations Mm, I mean by this, I had courses in statistical signal processing. I had a course in machine learning and signal processing. And I also had uh, audio processing laboratory and statistical signal processing laboratory. And these are courses that you cannot learn easily through reading books or through watching YouTube videos, because actually there are almost no YouTube videos on this apart from my channel, Wolf Sound. So you may imagine that uh, when I was doing my research in uh, the summer semester of 2019, I felt uh, quite alone because for programming you can find a lot of videos and tutorials, but for these uh, very highly specialized domains, you cannot. So I was very happy with these courses. Additionally, I could also study uh, sound synthesis, which was led by, by Maximilian Schaefer, and also embedded systems. So I uh, 
came out with a type of knowledge that is not easily accessible and is above all a great thing to be explained by someone who knows this stuff. So you can always ask a very stupid question and they explain to you what and how. And this leads me to my next point, which is the presence of great researchers in Erlangen. And uh, I want to especially, uh, let's say, underline that I was happy to, to meet uh, Walter Kellerman and uh, Meinhard Müller and also my mentor Emmanuel Habetz because I think that these people mm, are not only great researchers but are above all great uh, teachers, great mentors who are willing to share their knowledge, their expertise and their advice and being able to talk to them and ask them uh, about career advice or highly specialized uh, topics regarding audio is uh, for me priceless. It's, uh, it was priceless and I'm very thankful not only to them but to all the professors there for being open to students and always willing to help them and answer their questions. So this was a great experience. But I didn't stop there. When I started in Erlangen, when I started in, in Germany ASC program, I uh, wanted to do something more. Throughout my studies, so as soon as I knew that I want to be a programmer, I started reading programming books and uh, I believe books are one of the best resources to learn and for me they are definitely one of the greatest. And I especially like the fact that I can copy a huge book, a thousand page book on my e-reader and actually uh, read this huge book when I'm on a train or on a bus. And I noticed that even the uh, biggest books can be read in the end. So among the titles that I was interested in, was uh, Java for Android Development by uh, Jeff Friesen, so Learn Java for Android Development, and Android 6 for Programmers by Alexander Walt, Harvey Deitel, and Paul Deitel. Um, you need to understand that at the beginning I was heavily considering uh, mobile development. I also read more general uh, programming books like The Pragmatic Programmer by David Thomas and Andrew Hunt, also the Programming Pearls by John Bentley. And these were mainly driven by my question, how do I write good code? How to create good code? How to be a good programmer? As a follow-up, I read uh, Clean Code by Robert C. Martin. And from all these books, um, I think uh, the one I enjoyed the most was definitely Clean Code. And I can recommend it to anyone who's writing code, uh, even who does this for uh, research purposes. It's still a great book to learn from and it helps a lot in programming. Actually, um, like ever since I started programming, everyone around me says that my call code is incredibly clean. And uh, 
I think there's still a lot of room for improvement. But this improvement now requires, of course, practice. Other book that I uh, read was Head First Object Oriented Analysis and Design. I also read a uh, quite big part of Operating System by William Stallings, which is a great book if you want to understand operating systems, and which actually uh, showed me how computers work internally. I really loved this. And finally, I read the books that were, well, one of the most important ones for my programming knowledge, which was the C++ programming language by Bjarn Strusrup. So before I had only a C++ course at my university and of course C++ practice at, at the company I was working at, but the C++ programming language actually took all of my knowledge, consolidated it and expanded in a, enormous way and now i understand why certain things are in this way that they are in c++ and also what is the uh, let's say desired style of writing in c++ and the most recent book i read about programming were the design patterns by the gang of four and this is also a great book because as soon as you have some practice in programming you know there are some problems uh, and you want to know how to solve them best. And when I was reading this book, it was like, okay, so that's the best way how to solve this problem. So each day was like an epiphany when I was reading design patterns. Apart from reading books, I also in uh, the autumn of 2019 started Wolf Sound. And Wolf Sound was initially and still is a platform for me to share my knowledge, but also to consolidate and organize my knowledge. Everything I learn, I want to put on Wolf Sound um, so that I know that I actually uh, know this. Because when you teach something, you learn it twice. And I highly believe it to be accurate. And I already noticed that when I was writing some articles or recording videos, I was able to identify certain gaps in my knowledge. And I think it's a great experience and I plan to continue it further and further with more advanced topics. And finally, I was also developing my own projects, but I must admit I wasn't as heavy on this as uh, my fellow programmers are. So, of course, if you want to learn programming, practice is uh, king, actually. But uh, in my case, uh, I focused more on uh, reading because it was something that I could do ad hoc. Uh, but still, I had some uh, smaller projects or projects that eventually ended up being my bachelor thesis, for example, that I was developing. So, uh, I studied... Uh, all these courses in Erlangen, but I had also this desire to grow, to do a great master thesis. And I wanted this master thesis to be related to audio processing, audio, maybe audio effects. Let's put it this way for musical purposes, because what you need to understand is that in Erlangen, there's a lot going on about audio, but uh, very little when it comes to um, creating 
audio effects or audio uh, or sound synthesizer or plugins. There is something of this, but it is not the most prominent course. And actually, I think there is right now there is no professor that does uh, sound synthesis per se. So I wanted to find a place where I could, uh, you know, gather additional experience uh, abroad and also do a, an interesting topic in my master thesis. And again, thanks to my great mentor, Emmanuel Habits, I was able to get in touch with Professor Veza Valimaki of the Acoustics Lab at Alto University. And uh, he actually was so kind to uh, propose that I would cooperate with a PhD student, Alec Wright, on deep learning in audio effects. And that's exactly the topic of my master thesis, which is modeling uh, audio effects, analog audio effects, which is also called virtual analog, using deep learning. And I must admit, it was a great experience to travel to Finland, to visit Auto Acoustics Lab, to learn the people here, how they work, what they're interested in. And um, I'm very uh, thankful, I'm deeply thankful to Alec, who is my supervisor, to Professor Valimaki, and also to Professor Habits for making this possible. And exactly in uh, 11 days, I should graduate with the master's title because my master's thesis is almost ready. And then uh, hopefully we'll work on uh, publishing some of the results of the thesis, maybe extend them a little bit. And on December the 1st, I'm going back to industry. I'm starting to work at an audio programming uh, company in Berlin. So that is my path to audio programming <laughs> from the early days when I started playing the piano to where I am today when I'm doing a master of thesis research in deep learning and going back to industry. I hope you found it useful and I hope uh, you can somehow relate to this path. And if you have any questions, don't hesitate to reach out to me via Twitter, via email, via Facebook, via, via YouTube comments. I am always happy to answer any questions uh, relating, uh, regarding the topics that I discussed. One thing that I want to mention here is that if you want to learn audio programming, then please go to www.thewolfsound.com sound.com slash newsletter and please sign up for Wolf Sound newsletter. As I said, Wolf Sound is a place where I'm sharing my knowledge about uh, audio programming and I know from my experience what is important, what really matters and also I try to raise, uh, talk about topics that are important, that are present in a lot of issues, but at the same time are not well explained on the internet or not intuitively explained in books. So from my newsletter, you will know 
about uh, all of my latest publications and releases on my articles, my blog posts, my videos, and also uh, episodes of this podcast. And you will be able to become a professional audio programmer. I hope to include more people on the show so that they can share their story and you can learn from them. But for now, please sign up for the Wolf Sound newsletter. You will find links to the materials that I described, uh, above all to books, but also to the places I was talking about, on, uh, again, www.thewolfsound.com slash talk001. Once again, it's www.thewolfsound.com slash talk001. I wholeheartedly thank you for listening to that first episode and we'll see you in the next one. Take care.